Welcome back to the Seriously Stem Cells podcast, where we discuss everything stem cells. I'm Pim, and I'm Ayo. On today's episode, we are going to continue our exploration into the world of stem cells. Hi, everybody. Um, this is Pim and Ayo. Hey guys. <laughs> We're um. The host of the podcast called Seriously Stem Cells. And we're going to be talking about all topics related to stem cells and get you guys excited for stem cells as much as we are. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I like to call it, we like to think of ourselves as stem cell enthusiasts. So hopefully you'll be able to say the same um, from listening to these podcasts. Yes, so uh, we're not experts in the topics, but we have had some, um, I guess, quite relevant experiences around this topic. Uh, I have had a master's that I finished this year um, at King's uh, College London. And mm. uh, <laughs> uh, yes, it's about stem cells and regenerative therapies. So it's cell-based therapies gene-based therapies all of that good stuff and so I have quite a fundamental almost quite a deep sort of knowledge around stem cells and what they are and yeah and I've had like the background of biochemistry before in my undergraduate at Aberdeen University so that's been my life <laughs> surrounding <laughs> my science <laughs> but yeah I'm quite similar to Pim, um, so I also, I did a medical science degree, I did neuroscience and psychology, um, so we did learn a lot about stem cells during that, um, and I'm also going to do a master's next year, um, and it's sort of in the same same field to do regenerative medicine and stem cells, um, so we're quite similar in that, in that sort of um, realm, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yes, I, I we have. That's how we met, actually. Uh, and you know, it's been quite interesting for us to sort of deep dive deep into this sort of um, topic. Uh, especially, I was going to be starting her masters next year in stem cells, so this is quite you know uh, relevant and useful to be doing. Um, interesting finding interesting work and then recording it and like telling people about it uh yeah it's quite enjoyable work for the both of us i'll say right <laughs> yeah it's been really really good um and it's also really nice to do things just for the love of it and not um for an assignment or because there's a deadline um mm. yeah yeah i wholeheartedly agree with that um it's a very good break after um studying for a while but yes that's basically us um we think that stem cell is a very good field of study um because it has a wide range of applications um in the real world um and it's quite you know suitable to implement in different um contexts within like the medical um within the modern medical world i would say um for example, um, it has a lot of regenerative applications. So it's pretty good for um, healing, wound healing um, therapies. 
and also um, implanting. So you know how there's been quite a lot of problems with I don't know neuro neurology neurologic um, diseases. I would say degenerative diseases. Oh those, yeah, yeah. Those are things like Parkinson's, dementia. Yes. Dementia. yes, Alzheimer's, there's all degenerative neurological diseases. Yes, thank you. Uh, got my tongue twisted for a second there. <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> uh, there, there's quite a lot of applications there. As you know, that stem cells um, can have unlimited self-renewal capabilities, so they can make themselves, um, make more of themselves um, quite... Mm -hmm quickly and quite frequently they're non-differentiated cells uh, with unspecialized functions that means that they're not uh, out of the gate they're not going to be differentiated into different types of cells right away without the um, mechanical uh, chemical you know external or internal like cues within the body mm. but they they absolutely can be differentiated depending on what environment they're in. Um, yeah. That's so a really good place to find, think of where, where you know stem cells from is if you think of an embryo, like an early stage embryo. Um, so you go from a few cells that are dividing um, and they, from those small number of cells, uh, they will divide and proliferate to provide all the cells of the body of a full-blown baby. Um, so your liver cells, your skin cells, your heart cells. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we think of when you say stem cells. They have the ability to differentiate or specialise into any um, type of cell in the body. And that's how we describe pluripotent. No, pluripotent cells. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so io is absolutely right those like examples of pluripotent cells um includes like embryonic cells like she mentioned there's the uh, umbilical cord stem cells so do you know what the connection to between the baby and the mother that's called the umbilical cord and you can find stem cells there and use them for other purposes uh, and also one of the very I wouldn't say recent, um, it has been a while, but it induced pluripotent stem cells um, is quite uh, impressive technology that doesn't require um, a whole lot of, um, I, I think it doesn't, it answers the ethical questions about stem cells and it doesn't really breach uh, a lot of the ethical um, issues around it because mm -hmm. you can induce the stem cells themselves to become pluripotent uh, in the laboratory setting as opposed to you know um, taking it out from a person but still uh, there's still quite a lot to learn about the induced pluripotent stem cells uh, but yeah we'll we will have the time and then dig deeper into these specific topics um, especially the birth of stem cells how it came about what are they being used for specifically in what um you know therapeutic areas but mm -hmm. for now we're just going to introduce you guys very briefly about it right 
Um, yeah, so I, we're having to think about what would be good for the first episode. We're talking about stem cells, um, and we we stumbled across um, a paper, and it's called if I can find it. Um, it's called No Place Like Home: Anatomy and Function of the Stem Cell Niche. Um, and this paper just really talks about um, where stem cells live, uh, where they proliferate, where they multiply and grow a number, um, and how the interaction between um, their microenvironment uh, will affect um, how they function, um, how they proliferate and increase in number, and all those different sorts of things. Um, yeah. Mm. Yes, uh, so I was absolutely right. Um, this paper sort of like give a really nice brief introduction to what stem cells can do. And it pretty much brings out um specific area about stem cell niche. Um, and that is an area of a tissue that provides a specific microenvironment for the stem cells to become you know, differentiated into their respective lineages. And that can be done within this environment as the stem cell niche interacts with the stem cells themselves. And it either maintains the um, level of um, cell renewal or promote them to differentiate into different other types of cells like mesenchymal cells, um, hematopoietic stem cells, or even you know, neural stem cells. So yeah, should we talk a little bit about the examples of these like stem cell niches that are more potent cells, I'll say? Yeah, I thought we really quickly um, to say that these hemopoietic stem cells, um, they develop into rare cells that are found in the blood. Um, these neural stem cells um, give rise to the cells you see in our in your nervous system, and the uh, intestinal stem cells give rise to the renewal and replacement of cells that you see in your intestinal epithelium. Just to give you a quick sort of idea of where uh, these stem cells are, are going. Mm. So yes, that that was good. There is quite a lot of um, places you can find stem cells. Definitely. Um, harvesting them is quite difficult from those locations. That's why you probably hear more about embryonic stem cells um, or umbilical cord stem cells or even induced pluripotent stem cells, you know, because you can't exactly open up a person's brain and take out <laughs> these neural stem cells or, you know, open up someone's guts to do that. So, uh, but these are, these are the examples of the stem cells that do exist in the human body or well, the animal um, bodies, I would mm. say. Mm. Uh, and yes, um, I would say that they have a very distinct way of um, dividing themselves. Um, the ones that are uh, dividing in such a way where it's through an asymmetric division, whereby it gives one stem cell and one specialized cell through every um division so this is quite different from the sym symmetric division that produces two daughter cells as you would probably be quite um familiar with if you did biology or you kind of like knowing about biology and you know about these sort of um 
I guess like the normal cells or what they would do. Uh, but yes, um, a good example for this would probably be um, if there are uh, neuro neurogenic um, sort of niches, so that's in the brain, in the adult brain, you would have a subventricular zone and subgranular zone. So those are the two different stem cell niches environment. Uh, in the subventricular zone, the neural stem cells would probably give rise to a specific type of cells that's including neurons and oligodendrocytes. The oligodendrocytes promotes myelination for neurons. Uh, a different one, a uh, different niche would be the subgranular zone that promotes neurons as well and astrocytes, but um, they do not promote differentiation of oligodendrocytes. So that's an example of how a stem cell niche has an influence on what type of um, cells are going to be produced in certain locations um, of the uh, human body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we were just going to talk about um, like how the signaling pathways that um, promote these stem cell niches. And signaling pathways are literally just um, uh, a sequence of reactions or events that take place um, in, in and around cells. And so I think Tim's going to want us to do that now. Yeah. Um, so it's like, remember when I spoke about it? sort of intrinsic um, environment uh, or intrinsic biological cues that the stem cells get. A biochemical signaling pathway is one of the, um, I would say, things that affects the stem cell niche and how the stem cells sort of differentiate into their specific cells. Um, a really good example is a notch delta signaling pathway. Uh, they do uh, promote the um, cell renewal of hematopoietic stem cells, or we call it shortly a hematopoiesis. And it does also, you know, promotes cell proliferation, um, the stem cell proliferation. And uh, these notch uh, delta signaling pathway um, composed of notch ligands. Uh, so ligands are sort of um, sort of like a molecule, uh, a chemical molecule that binds to um, the receptor of the respective signaling pathway. In this case, it's a notch receptor, and it causes a cascading effect that um, cleaves or even um, basically causes a biochemical reaction within the cell that makes the um the dna uh transcribe specific types of um genes from the cell to promote the uh, proliferation or differentiation of the stem cells so in this case which the notch uh, signaling pathway it um promotes the uh, ubiquination of um, the what we call the intracellular domain of the notch receptor. And this um, intracellular domain is translocated to the DNA, binds with a complex protein, and thus you know, transcribe notch target genes uh, 
Yeah. So just real quick biology lesson, just in case you're like, huh. I kind of remember something about DNA. Um, so DNA, which is like your genetic code, um, is or the blueprint for you is stored inside the nucleus of each cell, which is like the building block, the basic building block of your body. Um, mm. And doing transcription, um, you have uh, an enzyme called a histone acetylase. Literally, it's just a protein that helps um, this reaction take place. Um, and you have transcription of the notch target genes. Um, and this results in this downstream signaling pathway, these series of um, reactions. Um, and transcription is just um, a copying of the DNA, which can then be translated into putting amino acids together to form proteins. That's quick party lesson over. <laughs> Yes, that's very very needed um, for someone who's interested and needs a, a quick um, reminder. We can all get, you know, uh, we can become a bit forgetful of some of the technical terms and things and completely yeah. understandable. Definitely. <laughs> so that much. includes me. <laughs> includes me as well. I mean, <laughs> um, for 100%. I would say... Yes. So for in this case, I've mentioned notch delta signaling pathway. Um, it specifically affects the hepatopoietic uh, stem cell proliferation, uh, but it does also affect um, other types of stem cells like the intestinal stem cells as well, which we're not going to get into, but um, for your information, it does. Um, and there is also uh, the importance of you know this signaling pathway could has to be sort of stressed as well because malfunctioning of a stem cells and it's uh, i guess over proliferation or even the growth of tumor could come from these sort of biochemical signaling pathway being dysregulated um you know and one example is seen in WINT signaling pathway. That's spelled W-N-T, WINT. Um, it does the same similar function to the notch delta signaling pathway uh, where it develops, um, you know, proliferation of embryonic cells and adult stem cells. Um, however, uh, it can be seen that in this signaling pathway, um, once it's been turned on for a very long time uh, or always on or has like some sort of a mutation within one of its proteins that is a part of the signaling pathway. Uh, in this case, I'm going to give an example of the APC mutation. Um, it could lead to overwhelming increase of be uh, beta catenin. Beta catenin is one of the... Um, proteins that's important to the signaling pathway um, regulating properly. So the rise of this um, beta catenin levels um, usually is a good thing and it allows for the um, uh, the TFs, TCF, which is a protein that binds to the um, DNA to transcribe the wind target genes and that leads to a normal growth and proliferation of adult stem cells, right? But over time, if the pathway has been turned on for too long or for like a link uh, continuously without having been deregulated, 
the levels of beta catenin would rise, and this could lead to over proliferation and growth of the stem cells, and that could lead to um, uh, tumorogenesis or development of cancer cells, right? Uh, so it is very important. The point is, it's very important to properly regulate these biochemical pathways. And I wanted to stress and highlight the impact of not doing that could lead to a lot of <laughs> health consequences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and just following on from that, so pain has been going through the signaling pathways, but you also have um, mechanical signaling that goes on. Um, so things like the relative um, rigidity um, of the substrate uh, or the stem cell niche that these stem cells are growing in or proliferating in can affect um, how the one, the type of stem cells um, that will grow there um, and also the rate at which they proliferate or increase in number. Um, so, uh, so stem cell adhesion to the cellular and extracellular matrix, so this the substance or the substrate which they grow on, um, of the niche, and the relative elasticity or stiffness of the microenvironment will directly modify how these stem cells differentiate. So, for example, if you have a ri really rigid substrate, um, similar to bone, um, you'll have osteoblast differentiation. So, those are stem cells that you find in the bone. Um, but if they're um, relatively elastic, um, similar to brain tissue, you'll get neurodifferentiation. Um, so just to follow on from what Pim was saying, if um, we know these things, the elasticity or rigidity of these um, stem cell niches can be altered with damage or disease or aging, um, and this could interrupt how stem cells, stem cells choose to differentiate or proliferate. Um, so we're talking about tumorogenesis. So if the stem cell makes stem cell niche um, changes in, in characteristic, then maybe that will make the stem cells proliferate, and you you, you get the tumor forming. Um, or maybe it just happens as you get older. Um, so these are all different things. Um, to take into consideration when we start to think about things like therapies, like what can we do to um, stop this process from taking place? Yeah, um, 100% agree with Ayo there. Um, yes, there is quite a lot of contributing factors towards um, how the stem cell niche could affect the stem cells themselves. And just like a brief summary of what we've spoken so far. Uh, so I've spoken about the biochemical signaling pathway. Uh, Ayo has spoken about the mechanical signaling pathway and the microenvironment specific ones that um, stem cells do find themselves thriving better, uh, like elastic environment and such, um, and the age as well, which leads me, I want to briefly just talk about um, the little things I found in one of the papers, not the one that we've read, but a different one, that uh, there is like a negative effect that can be seen in um, aging, uh, age of the host microenvironment. Uh, and this is seen when an older, old donor muscle tissue has been transplanted into a young recipient and vice versa. It could, uh, it showed that the muscle regenerative activity, so that's um, the muscle's 
ability to regenerate new muscle cells, right? Uh, it is basically determined by circulating systemic factors more so. Um, so that includes all the protein factors in the blood that might be seen more in the younger, um, younger person than in like an elderly person. And by having that sort of transplantation, changing the stem cell niche environment of um, the human body, uh, it sort of revealed that, oh, stem cells do thrive better in like a younger um, host circulating systemic factors that's included in blood and things. So yeah, that's one of the quite interesting thing that I, I think is worth mentioning when you're talking about stem cell niche and age related sort of um, stem cells, you know? Yeah, before we get into the therapy, but yes, the therapy bits. Um, yeah, also, I just wanted to quickly chime in and say um, what I mentioned about the stem cell adhesion and say the exercise matrix components, you can find that in the paper that we were talking about, uh, near Face Back Home. So that was taken from there. There you go. Just felt oh. like I needed to cite it very quickly. Um, <laughs> The habit doesn't go away, does it? It doesn't go away. I felt, I felt it rising up in me, like, ah, oh, I must fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, to therapies, yeah. Yes, uh, 100%. I will cite the paper that I mentioned about the um, the old and the young uh, muscle regenerative activities, stem cell niche to do with circulating systemic factors. I'll post all that in the... Um, the portion of our podcast, which will be uh, in the form of a blog. So you guys can go and have a read if you think you wanted to know more about it. But we'll talk about that at the end of the episode more. Do I do want to get into a little bit about therapy since I have um, touched upon it. Uh, yes. Uh, so knowing the stem cell niche and basically learning more about it. Um, it does tell us a lot about how the stem cell activity is being modulated and specifically targeting um, these stem cell niches would be beneficial to um, maybe reversing some of those, you know, um, systems uh, of the stem cells growth and actually enabling us to avoid um, things that could lead to um, tumor formation. Uh, I would say one of the examples would be um, knowing from Adam's paper, which I'll cite it later, it does show that osteoblastic niche, which Ayo have mentioned, that about the bone forming stem cells, that could increase the number of hematopoietic stem cells as well in vivo, so that's inside the body. And that could be very beneficial for patients who wanted um, those hematopoietic stem cells, and that could be harvested and transplanted in patients who need them. Uh, another example would be knowing that skeletal muscle niche tends to favor fibrosis over muscle regeneration. Uh, but um, knowing about the wind and the notch biochemical pathways I've mentioned, uh, we can reverse this uh, muscle regenerative activity uh, and 
making that a bit more of a priority in some people uh, over fibrosis now that we know um, what kind of mechanism or chemical pathways uh, it relies on. And last but not least, um, altering the stroma niche uh, can lead to metastatic tumors. So I want to be very clear about this. Metastatic tumors are tumors that um, basically relocate inside the body. So um, they're not confined to one location and they move about by um, through through the blood circulating um, system. So that's through the blood circulation and they can move to a different location. So knowing this, um, stroma niche could be uh, quite um reset uh what's what's the word for quite susceptible to metastatic tumors or the fact that the tumor will grow and would later on promote tumor tumorogenesis uh we can find a way to prevent this or prevent the stromal niche from occurring and yeah i think that the key point of um understanding the stem cell niche is that we the more we understand about this, we could also uh, target tumor cell niche as well inside the body, uh, tumor stem cell niche, and could be the key in preventing a lot of the tumor cells from uh, accessing their niche, you know, or even reverse tumor progression, which could uh, save a lot of people's time uh, and lives and even create a novel cancer therapy that's associated more with how do we go about in modulating these niches for the stem cells and you know prevent things from happening or even slow them down depending on your objective but both could be very very beneficial and very exciting right for um the areas of therapeutic um stem cells definitely it's like you know um people say that when you have a tidy environment you feel better it's kind of like doing that for stem cells. <laughs> You're going to like tidy up your home, your stem cell niche, and um, everything will hopefully function a lot better. Um, but prevention is always better than cure. So it's really, really exciting um, to see what they're doing uh, in the stem cell niche field as well. Yeah, it is very. And um, that is that. that is it for our episode today. I think we've wanted to cover it as much as we can and getting you guys excited hopefully it was at the right pace um we're very happy to you know listen to your comments or su any suggestions on what topics we should be um talking about but io and i have come up with our own ideas for now and we wanted to do like a four to five part of um different types of stem cells that we've mentioned before um in the podcast just in this episode and uh we'll definitely get into more of the therapeutic areas and we'll occasionally come up with um the new technologies that we've heard of uh surrounding you know the topic of stem cells um i would say one topic i really want to get into i don't know if you want to dive into that io but uh, mm -hmm. organoids are very interesting I think. oh yeah definitely yeah yeah so um those are like basically organs that form from stem cells that has been grown outside of the human body and fully form organs and they could be um, 
of use during drug modeling or um, even disease modeling and that could be yeah it has wide range of applications there but those are the two key ones um but yes there's so much to look forward to in the next and the upcoming episodes so um we look forward to to speaking with you then yeah and uh, that's it for seriously stem cells today and um thank you for listening we'll see you soon see you soon bye Make sure to join us in our next episode and check out our blog post at seriouslystemcells.wordpress.com forward slash as we continue our exploration of stem cells. But for now, from me, Pim. And from me, Ayo. Have a lovely day and don't forget to take stem cells very seriously. <laughs>